Right. So I'll get you to introduce the podcast. <laughs> uh, hi, this is Mark Rovira from Polaru, and I'm the new and I'm this week's uh, speaker for um, Alpha for Alpha Weekly. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good. Thank you very much for having me. No, thank you for coming. You're saving my life once again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hopefully, I can save many more. <laughs> so, tell us, what do you do? Who are you? Kind of, you know, give us an insight of, of who you are, what you do in life, and what makes you potentially the next best entrepreneur there is in Spain. <laughs> awesome, awesome. That's uh, you're putting the high very the, the bar very high. All right, so I'm Marrovira. I'm actually Spanish, although some people say I don't sound Spanish, but that's fine for me, and I don't look Spanish. Uh, we're creating Polaru, which is a platform that helps you manage your monthly bills. So water, gas, electricity, uh, internet, and all that sort of thing. Uh, we optimize it. We unify it. We make it as a, as a subscription. So just like you would hire or just like you would subscribe to Netflix while well, you subscribe to all these four services and we find the best deals for you. And then we just manage it for you. So we, you save money, you save time, and most importantly, you save, you save headaches. That's a good deal for people like me that don't know how to manage many, many things. So what got you to start this project and what inspired you? Were you what, that type of person that didn't know how to manage their bills or what got you started? Good. So this actually started when I lived in England. Uh, I was living there for four years and every year when we switched homes, it was literally a pain in the ass. Oops, sorry, it was really frustrating to just manage the utilities. When I moved to Spain, the same thing happened again. I was living with my, with my girlfriend. We li lived in different apartments. And uh, every time you had to switch. So I was actually doing it uh, and it was really frustrating. I'm very techie. I'm much, very much of a geek. So I really got into it and it was very complicated. And it, I think it was more the frustration of, of the payments rather than the money I was losing or, or throwing away. It was really getting frustrated or speaking like for one hour on the phone with Vodafone or with Endesa or with whoever the provider was. And, and that was like, I cannot take this anymore. I have to solve this problem. Because then I started speaking to other people and they had the same issue. So I was like, I'm not the only one here. So I have to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So what was the first step towards the, the development of, of this project? What was the, the first step towards the, you know, what did you do? Did you surround yourself with a team? What did you do? I think what I did, the first thing that I did was, and I, this is the only thing I would recommend any other entrepreneur, um, is make sure you realize if there's any other solution out there. I see many people that have great ideas and then they don't realize that it, the idea either exists in a different market, it exists in a different way, shape or form. So first of all, do your research, see other ideas, see other products, see other services because you can get more ideas and then uh, modify your original plan to target the, the niche market you want to you wanna find. Once you do that, find a team. Find people that are as crazy as you, as you or even worse, <laughs> surround yourself with them, make sure you can learn a lot from them uh, and then just jump of the airplane <laughs> how long ago did the project start and where are you right now with with your project i started well i started i started thinking all these things that i've talked about like doing the research and everything i started in 2017 like after i think it was march or april or may so maybe two years ago but we actually incorporated the company at the end of september of 2017 so it's been a year a year and a half since we actually incorporated the company uh the product's been out uh, the service has been out in the market for the past seven eight months which has helped us do marketing tracking uh, uh understanding the product mar being making market fit which i think is the most complicated thing uh and that's it okay and considering your goals like where do you see yourself going with, with polaru what, what's the what's the aim what's the main main target 
our goal, our ultimate goal, and I think it's I think it's ambitious, but it's really what drives me every morning when I wake up is literally changing the way humanity deals with your monthly expenses. So whether wh wherever you live in the world, you know you have a company that you can subscribe to your basic utility services, water, gas, electricity, internet, insurances, or whatever, and that company takes care of it. No matter where you go, no matter no matter where you live, and no matter with who you live. So imagine you're, there's three of you living in in Berlin. You can split the payment of your basic services between the three of you. But now one of you leaves and goes to Spain. With Polaru, we make all the change for you. Now you move to the US, the, the change is done. Or if you stay in the same uh, city and you live there forever, doesn't matter. We take care of it. We optimize it. We find uh, good rates and we make sure you're happy and you can live a simple life. So if I understand really well what your product is, right? So you say right now I live in Barcelona. I'm paying my bills. I start using your product, everything is made so much easier for me, so I'm gaining time, right? And I move to Paris tomorrow, no worries, you do to me. Correct. So the thing is, you would download the app, you would say, either if you're moving into a new house, you tell us which services you want in the new house, or if you're, in a, uh, if you're currently living in a house, you tell us which services and to which providers you're paying. We tell you how much you're spending per month. We tell you how much you would, you would spend if you come with us. And then we do all the switching. So we unify all the payments. So you only have to pay one bill for all these services. If you move to Paris, following on the example, you tell us, hey, I, don't, I no longer live here. I will live in Paris. We do all the switching for you to Paris. That's really, really well thought. And uh, considering the timeline, so what was... Um, Damn, I'm losing my English. What was the, the, the process, the development of the idea from from nothing to something, you know, from zero to one? Okay, it's it's actually been, if some people call it pivoting. For me, pivoting is much more radical. Uh, it's been more, much, much, more, much more of an evolution. We started thinking, hey, we're going to be just an inter intermediary and then we're going to put in contact people with the best deals. But then you realize that if you're putting people in contact with the best deals in electricity, for example, then you have to put a lot of different players in the, in the equation to be able to find the best deal. But then you become a, uh, it becomes a prize war. But there's already really good companies that do that. For example, Rastreator, Selectra. These are comparison portals here in Spain that are very good at comparing prices. The type of client that goes to these kinds of comparison portals is the one that looks for the cheapest offer. But then you have to do all the managing yourself. So then we thought, okay, we don't want to become a comparison portal because our target is completely different, not because it's better or because it's worse. Um, so we were like, okay, we're going to target the comfort and the and the lack of and the lack of time we have to deal with these things. So then we, our focus is people that don't have time, that work 10, 12 hours a week. Uh, sorry, 10, 12 hours a day. If you work 10, 12 hours a week, that would be awesome. Uh, and then when you get home, the only thing you want is to make sure your bank account is, is in control uh, and that you have money to spend it on the things you really like. Not spend time dealing with the phone call to the utility provider or with the phone call from the tele, uh, telecom operator or whatever. So with us, everything is simple. You know you have someone behind taking care of your, of your services and making sure you save money. So when you when you started your project, you were so 26, 27, right? So were you ever told by anybody like like you're right, just cool, but it's never gonna work? I it, it's not that they told me, oh, it's cool, but it's never gonna work. They still tell me today, and it's I'm sure they will tell me forever that it's cool, but it's not gonna work. And that's exactly the fuel I need to just keep pushing every day. Like I know the service, I know what we, I want, and more importantly, I know what clients want. And cli the clients we're targeting want exactly this. They want comfort uh, and they want free time to dedicate it to their wife, to their children, or just go kite surfing or whatever. <laughs> and, like, and like considering, you know, it's challenging when people tell you, hey, like this is never going to work. So how do you go above that? I think I, 
sorry, the first reaction we all have when someone tells us, hey, your idea sounds cool, but it's not going to work. Obviously, our first reaction and the one I have is I think it's frustration. You're a bit of self-doubt. You're like, maybe they're maybe they're right. What I think what I don't do and I think no one should do is take everything someone says, not for granted, but as a as a what they're saying is true. You should listen and you should really take the most important things they are telling you because they might be right in some aspects. For example, one idea is not the one unique thing. It's a combination of thousands of things. So maybe they're criticizing the whole thing, but one part that they're actually criticizing does make sense. Mm -hmm. If they're criticizing your marketing, if they're criticizing your strategy, if you're criticizing your design, maybe something there is, uh, is important. So you have to be smart enough to take a criti- uh, destructive criticism because that's the worst thing when they destruct when they destroy whatever you're doing take the destructive criticism and convert it into constructive and find something that you can be okay thank you for your comment now i will improve in a certain aspect some other people are just destructive criticism and there's not nothing <laughs> you could do about it and just okay whatever tell them to go fuck themselves or whatever <laughs> but the, the important thing is to really learn from every every comment learn from everything and the most important is find the insights what are they actually meaning with that and how you can improve the service because at the end of the day either you quit or you continue so if you continue make sure you make you make it your product better uh, every day So you'd say feedback is very, very important. Yeah. The thing is, for me, constructive feedback is the best thing they can give you. But most of the time, it's destructive feedback. What you cannot do is uh, um, feel down because people are just being destructive. You have two options. Either not listen to them or try to take the best of it. Of course, of course. And um, considering... so. I'm getting lost right here. <laughs> That's fine. Because so, I'm, lis- I'm listening. Because <laughs> this is literally like I don't prepare the podcast. Uh-huh. It comes just naturally considering, you know, the thing is I'm thinking about so many things at once that I'm getting lost. So um, so you put your team together. You guys did an MVP or you started yeah. your first project. We did an amazing Excel. So that was our first MVP was an Excel. An Excel sheet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So very cool Excel sheet. So how did you put your team together? One of them was my brother, the other one, and the other two were two guys that I worked with. So I knew each other, I, I knew the team, we knew each other for a long time. And we've, and the most important thing, we worked on projects together for a long time. Some people say working with your brother is not good. Uh, my answer is not that working with your brother is good, nor that working with your brother is bad. I think it depends on who your brother is and the relationship you have. I know that I think, and I'm not 100% sure, but I think the founders of Stripe are, are siblings and are our brothers. So look at their look at them. And I know other examples of brothers that didn't succeed. So I know the relationship I have with my brother and I, I know how good it is. And the same thing with your... Oh, sorry, we're in a restaurant. One second, sorry. We have to sign for a certificado de asociación para los que hay para dos solos. It's fine. Gracias. Es que estamos en un podcast en directo. We just got cut for... Signing something. So I'll just sign. Right. Spain. <laughs> okay, you continue. Spain. Okay, I'll continue with the podcast. Uh, so yeah, basically I think the, 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 the thing was with the team is you have, to find some, you have to find people that are really willing to sacrifice whatever they have for the common goal because they really believe really they really believe in the, in the vision. Uh, and that's, and that's the, the important thing. Believe in the vision and have someone that is willing to make the, the journey with you. All right, I'm just going to make just, a comment. I just drifted off somewhere. <laughs> It's fine. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Right, I'm just going to make a comment. The dude that came, I thought he wanted just people to sign to help 
children in, in whatever country and actually he wanted donations so it was one a scam second I fell I first know. into it third you're a legend for taking over that podcast <laughs> that, was, that was quite dis- uh, weird or different <laughs> but I mean you kept it going what, yeah, did, what yeah. did you actually say because oh, I was not focused I spoke about Barca and the cinema no I'm just kidding I was telling um, the, the people listening whoever is listening that uh, the team is very important I think constructing creating a team with the people that are that share the vision mm-hmm. share the vision and have the passion uh, I think that's important and surround with yourself with people that have different opinions yeah, going back to the comment we had before it's very important to see the same problem from different perspectives and think about different ways to solve the problem so how do you do if you're not you know um, aligned with your team like do you have days when you just like oh. it, it fucks up like you guys don't agree and what do you do I think there, I think it's very important as a person you have to be willing to understand that there are people that will disagree with you uh, if you get frustrated because someone says A and you say B then you shouldn't even start anything um, it's a team at the end of the day it's a teamwork um, you have to surround with people uh, going back to the comment we made before you have to surround yourself with people that are willing to do constructive criticism defend their opinion listen and then share uh, and if it's your team, obviously there are days that you want to kill each other uh, for sure. But the important thing is how do you how do you come back from that? How do you realize you're both of you are rowing in the same direction and you, both of you are rowing toward the same goal? So you have to rely on each other, not think, oh, my ideas are better. You have to listen to me every time. No, no, no. This is a this is a team. This is a shared vision. Uh, obviously, there's one that really knows the direction of the boat and which in this case could be the ceo could be the one that has the vision could be the the most important member of the team whatever uh but you should listen to each other all right great and so that well team cohesion is very important and you know you listen to each other and everything but sometimes it, it doesn't work i'm sure i mean i don't know about your case but sometimes it just doesn't work so how do you select your team members? I mean, you were speaking about how you're working with people that you've known for a long time, that you've worked together and stuff. But what would you say is the most important trait in, in a team or someone working with you? If you had to recruit someone now, what are you looking for? I, I actually had a... I was actually at a panel, moderating a panel at the four years from now with uh, someone from Globo, someone from Travel Perk, someone from Google and someone from a pharmaceutical marketplace. Uh, they were really cool. Sorry, I don't remember your, your name, guys. Um, <laughs> but they were really cool. Um, and the conclusion we came up, because we had exactly the same question, the conclusion we came up with was that it depends on the stage of the startup. You should uh, hire people for, uh, for, their speci- for their technical abilities. Um, obviously, the role dep- obviously is, is affected by that. But in general, uh, depending on the size of the company and, the se- and depending on the stage of the company, you should hire for their abilities or for who they are as, as, as people and their more, more their soft skills. Uh, what do I mean by that? In our case, when you're starting, you have to do so many different things. Like you're doing accounting, then you're doing finance, then you're doing marketing, then you're doing uh, operations, then you're doing sales, blah, blah, blah. That it's more about the soft skills and how you manage that than, rather than, oh, I'm very good at marketing. But when you start growing or when you need someone specific for marketing, then yes, the hard skills are very important. In my case, the soft, the soft skills are always, always, always uh, a top priority. I, I'd rather have someone that is not the best, but I can relate to, I can really feel as a team, uh, rather than someone who's the best at their job, but he's an absolute idiot. I will never hire that. Yeah, first, I mean, who would hire an idiot? Well, I, I know companies, and, and they are right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not criticizing, but I know companies, if you're a big company and you want the best in marketing, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't really care much, so much about who is behind that person rather than he's literally the best. 
So yeah. I, I, I understand that maybe one day when we have a, a massive company and we need someone who's the best at something, we will hire him this, regardless of whether he's a good person or a bad person. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a sad that's a sad part of business surrounding yourself by idiots, isn't it? <laughs> okay, right. And so far, um, have you raised any investment for that project? What have you been doing? Okay, we raised the first round of investment three months after incorporating the company. So I think it's I should explain it the other way around. So we incorporated the company because we knew the round of investment was coming. Uh, if the round of investment wasn't coming, we wouldn't have uh, founded the company because of expenses. When, once you found a company, there's a lot of expenses you have to take care of. So you have to. We we tried to push as far as we could the founding of the company because of the expenses um, after that we had a round of investment in January 2018 and now we just cl well we, we closed the second round of investment January 2019 so, so what stage of investment are you this is like seed still yeah. seed or seed still seed, seed which we kind of divided into two steps we just did a pre kind of a pre-seed or small seed at the beginning of this year and we hope to close a second round of seed or large seed at the end of this year All right, great. And um, when you go to investors, um, what's your strategy? Like, I mean, you don't have to tell us everything, but like, if you can just give us an insight of how you approach investors, how you pitch them, just would you say that you're very natural? Would you say that you prepare yourself a lot, a lot, a lot? Like, what do you do? Okay. There are two roles that we try to do, uh, both me and my and my and my co-founder when who we're well, there's three of us co-founders, but two of us are the ones that uh, speak to investors. Um, I'm the one that really knows the numbers, but not because I'm memorizing the numbers, but because I manage them all day. So I, I just memorize numbers. I'm good with numbers, I guess. So for me, when you pitch to an investor, storytelling is obviously crucial, but you don't have to be good at storytelling. As long as you know the numbers and you know your facts, you don't have to be charismatic or anything. Like if you're completely objective, like these are the numbers here, 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 here. You don't have to be enthusiastic or anything. If you say the numbers and they see you're a serious guy, eh, that works. And for the contrary as well, as well. If you don't know the numbers that well, you obviously always have to know the numbers, but if you don't know them that well or you just have to check them, but you're very charismatic, you're very enthusiastic, very energetic, and they see the vision and they see the clarity of what you're doing, that also works. What definitely doesn't work is not knowing who you're speaking to, not knowing the story of the investor, not knowing what you can take out of the investor, uh, not knowing why you're pitching to him, not knowing some of your numbers, not knowing your clients, and not knowing your product. If you don't know any of these things, you shouldn't go to an investor because they are very harsh, they're very, they're very good, and they're very, very smart. So you have to know your shit. So you say that you do your homework before going to any investor, like where he's from, what he's done, Everything. each one of them. I know who they are. I could... We kind of make bets between me and my co-founder on, like, if we can uh, guess if he likes uh, sports, if he doesn't like sports, if he likes reading. Like, we really try to understand who are we speaking to because it's not the same to speak to a guy who loves sports and who he's 33 years old to speak to someone that's been in investment banking and likes reading and he's 50. It has nothing to do. So the whole storytelling switches every single time. So you have to be very capable of adapting. Some investors don't give a shit about your, your vision or your passion. They just want numbers, numbers, numbers. Other investors are completely the opposite and other investors want a mix, a mix of both. So you have to do your homework. All right, so let's say that I am an investor right now and uh, I don't know. I'm 40, I like baseball, and I like fashion, and I've got a lot of money to spend. Pitch me your project. Okay, for, pitch you or how would I pitch it? How would you pitch okay, it? Okay, for me, I would realize that... Yeah, for me, if you have a lot of money, like you said, you're, you like sports, you're 40 years old, for you, time is much more important than money, obviously, so I wouldn't attack 
uh, I wouldn't pitch my project saying, oh, Polaru saves you money here, here, and there, and we find the best providers with the best deals, but rather we're saving you time. You can manage your multiple houses in the same platform. Uh, it's very simple, and, and we make sure you can, the money you, and as well, we save you money, but that's not the important thing. It's much more the time spending, and whenever you travel, because I'm assuming you will travel a lot, uh, you, can, you, can, you can save time, and you know everything is well managed. We're like your personal management, uh, personal management agent. I think they exist, no? I don't know. I don't know, probably. Um, and, and do you have... Oh, yeah, 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 probably, yeah. And do you have any weird stories considering investment? What's your most awkward moment, <laughs> if you have any? That's a tough one. Weird stories with investors? Like, moments that were kind of fucked up. Like, <laughs> you must have something. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm thinking which one. <laughs> I think... So, uh... uh you don't have to say name. No, 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 of course. And I won't say name because this is confidential. But I think there's a good there's a good story and there's a bad story. I think there's the both extremes. A good story was the fact that uh, you're not even, you haven't even started pitching the idea. You're just basically telling them about the problem or something very generic. And the guy you're speaking to is so smart that he understands your business. He understands your business. Um, sorry, I'll hold the phone. <laughs> you're going to die. So that he understands the business. He understands the business model. He understands your marketing strategy. He understands everything before you even start pitching. Because some, some investors are, again, they are really, 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 really smart. Um, and they have a lot of experience. The, the bad story, and this is going to, it's not a bad story. It's just the negative part is that always when you pitch, some, some, some investors just stop listening after a minute. Yeah. Like literally, because they don't they don't agree with you. They think you're an idiot or whatever, which is fine for me. Again, I'm, it's not a it's not a criticism. You just have to take you don't have to take anything personal. Like they are they are doing their job. Um, they have money to invest and they want a return on that. The thing is, some people um, express it in a very polite manner, and others really don't give a shit about your feelings, which is also part of their test. They want to see how you react. So really being aware that some investors are just gonna tell you to fuck off. Uh, you don't have to really. You don't. Have, not telling you like with the words but their body language and everything they wanted to f the, the meeting to end like and it was just five minutes into the meeting they're like okay okay good yeah I understand everything when they didn't like they think they understand your business model but the only thing they're actually telling you is I'm not interested go away and you just really have to learn that body language and leave and again I'm saying it it's not it's nothing personal they're doing their job and you have to leave and that's absolutely fine so you shouldn't I think in, in as a startup you don't have to take thing, anything personal the only thing I took the only thing I take personally is my clients' feedback. I really take it personally because I know I'm doing something for them. So that's the only thing I that I'm not capable of not taking personal. That's the only th people I really, really, really care about is my is my clients right now. <laughs> I don't know if that was good or <laughs> no. It's perfect. It's perfect. All right. All right. So. You say that the main tips for approaching an investor is to very study who they are, what they do, know your product product very, very well, know your market very, very well. Oh my God. With the amount of cars and motorbikes passing by, I don't know what the audio is going to look like, but fuck it, I don't care. Um, so, okay, right, let's do this again. Product, market, I mean, everything about your business. You must know everything about your business. You have to know a bit, like, there's, you have to know a bit about every aspect of the business and you have to know... Uh, like the broad view, the vision of each, and a bit of the details. It's very important to be like, hey, we're doing marketing. Our marketing demographics are this, this, this. We're targeting this type of clients. But then you have to go very much into detail. Like we're doing AdWords here, here, and there. We're spending this much on the on, 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 on looking for this click-through rate or looking for this cost of customer acquisition cost. Like sometimes you just have to be very much into detail so they see that you understand every aspect. 
you don't have to be very specific and if they ask you some very specific thing you, you can say like no no this is some uh, my other colleague does it like that's fine mm-hmm. but they have to see that you um you dominate yeah that you dominate every aspect of the business or at least you know that that aspect of the business exists which is something you realize like you don't realize until you start making a business that there are many aspects that you're not not aware of like how do you create a contract when you hire someone yeah i've never in my life thought about that fortunately one of my partners is a lawyer so he knows about it he doesn't mean he's an expert but he knows about this area so there are aspects of the business that you weren't even aware that existed contabilidad accounting mm-hmm. Pfft, i have no idea how it works but you have to learn about it so that's the that's the hard part of being an entrepreneur i think so like you're a business octopus isn't it is that's how it's called I think that's a good one. <laughs> never, heard about it. Never, never heard it but yeah no yeah, i think it's called business octopus yeah. in english like you've got so many so many tentacles um but how do you jump from one to the other are you organizing yourself a lot i guess how I'm I'm very organized. I have a I try to be very 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 organized. I have a I mean if you think about it Polaru is about organization, about yeah, yeah, organizing yeah. your life. <laughs> so basically I'm very organized. My philosophy is that if you're organized every single day just one minute, it actually saves you a lot of time later on. If you're disorganized every day and then after 30 days you want to organize all the disorder, it's going to take you for hours and hours. But if you're just organized a little bit every day, uh, then it's very simple. But you have to have the habit of being organized. So when we speak to investors, we create a, um, a little like summary of each investor, what they like, what they, why don't they like, what, how, how has the conversation gone, what, what are the next steps, and we put a reminder. And we do this for every little thing we do in the business, like the, or investors, clients, whatever. We're very organized partners partnerships providers everything we have a we, we use trello which is incredible uh, i'm not being paid by trello by the way uh, but it works very well to organize yourself uh, and, it, and it's good you just have to be organized why because there are so many things you're handling at the same time that if you want to be efficient i think that's uh, that that's my take eh? again i'm not giving advice to anyone i'm just telling you how i do my thing yeah you know but that's all that's all it is i mean This podcast at the end of the day is targeted to young entrepreneurs, young founders, young young whatever people that just <laughs> are into this type I of thing. Um, okay, well that's really cool. And like, do you have any weird habits considering organization? Are you one of those pesados that doesn't like, you know, wasting time and just do you get like very pissed off sometimes when you start wasting time or things like that? Does that happen? Yes and no. What do I mean? I don't care how you manage your life. Yeah. I really don't care because some people don't have the same organizing habits as I do or some people are even worse in terms of like organizing. They're very, 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 very organized. I'm just the basics organized. I don't care how you do your, your stuff, but get the result done. I will get pissed if you don't get the results done and you're not organized because that means that if you were organized, you might as you could have been you could have done the, the results. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me, no, no, Mark, uh, don't 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 track me. Don't don't. Don't see, don't over, what do you call it? Don't supervise. Don't supervise what I do. I will give you the results. I'm fine with that. But if you don't get me the results, then I'm pissed. Because that means either you're not organized, you've lost your information, you've lost time, or you're not being efficient. So yeah, yeah. Just get your shit together, get me the results. So that's how you work with your team. They kind of are allowed to work how they want. And if, if one of them is like, okay, I'm going to Punta Cana and I'm going to work remotely for a week, you're fine with that as long as it gets the results. Correct. Yeah, because we're very good at we're we're very good. Sorry, not that we're not very good. We we try to be very good at uh, defining the results and the objectives. So our objectives are very very ambitious. Um, they're very short term, uh, mid term, and long term. Um, but we really define what we need. So we're really honest with ourselves. Like obviously, if the programmer says no, no, it's going to take me three months uh, to put this button in the website. You're like, no, it's not going to take you three months. But he doesn't even say that because he knows he would be lying. So it's just a trust issue. It's a trust circle. We say 
we put our deadlines because we we're very ambitious and we're very challenging with ourselves so yeah if you want to go to Punta Cana for a week but get this, the results done then you're more than welcome now if you don't get me the results we will all get pissed at you that was cool. I, I like that. I like that way of, of doing. But for example, um, I'll take the example of my case, right? I'm the type of person that doesn't work really well from an office. I like being in, in many different places and I like, you know, seeing variety. I get bored if I'm in an office and if I'm bored, I do shit. I really do shit. I'm pissed. I'm angry. I'm, I'm terrible. But um, when I kind of manage to work at my own pace the way I want, I can get big results, I guess, fast because I'm focused and because I'm passionate. If I'm not passionate, it's complicated. So the way you work really keeps your team passionate and really keeps your team focused, which is cool. But like, up to what stage would you say that you manage your team then if they're free to do whatever they want? It's, it's all about trust and it's all about seeing results. But if they don't manage to, to get to that result, what happens? That's a good question. It's not a... I mean, when, when, when we did, first of all, the working from Punta Cana at your own pace, that's good if you work by yourself. Yeah. If you work in a team, my philosophy is, and the one we share in the team is, if you work in a team, you cannot work remotely because you're very inefficient. So, although we all accept that you can work from Punta Cana uh, for a week remotely, we realize that it doesn't work because we all work in a team every day. Like we're all intertwined, interlinked between each other. Everything we do affects the other. So we're all at the office every day, 10 hours a day. So we giving all of us the freedom to go away and work from home. We realize that the most efficient way is to work from the office. Like it's counterintuitive, but that's the way it is when you work as a team. If you're a freelancer, if you work by yourself, obviously you can work from wherever you want. We know a company that we work with that there are all, all programmers and they work remotely and it works perfectly for them. Do they, they travel together? What do they do? No, no, no. They travel remotely between themselves so they're, oh. they're they're a programming company and they work remotely each of them and they've created that that way of working and it works perfect for them but not in our case like in our case you can work remotely but as a team since we're we're working all of us at the same project at the same time with the same things it's very complicated but yeah you can work from home if you want obviously some some days you work from home some days you work from the from the beach some days you work from wherever you want but just get the results done if you don't get the results done we don't the, the person that doesn't get the results done even feels bad because he's been given the confidence yeah. to work from home so he's ashamed of not having the results so whenever we have our weekly meetings he himself tells us exactly why he hasn't done it and what he's going to do to improve on that it's not like oh no I'm sorry guys I, I, I was with my grandmother like, <laughs> or I, I didn't have time why? because if you have an uh, unexpected thing you let the team know like hey guys I won't be able to deliver this day because this happened so just be aware of what happens like it's not like suddenly imagine we put you and i imagine we put a, a goal for next week and you decide that you are going to do this job for next week if in seven days you haven't done it you knew you were not going to reach that goal five days before four days before three days you already knew it so why didn't you just tell me yeah you're in a team so it's not suddenly like in seven days from now you're like oh shit i didn't do it no, you knew tomorrow that something happened. You knew the next day that something happened. So just as soon as you realize you're not going to reach the goal, you let the team know. And then we modify the goals to adapt it. But you have to let everyone know because everyone depends on you and you depend on everyone. That's a very good philosophy. I really like the way you, you see things. I guess it's very, um, very, I mean, influenced probably by the generation that we have as well. Because like, you know, I worked for, for companies and it was just like, yeah, you're at the office 50 hours a week and, and that's it, you know, like, and they don't take into account the personalities. They don't take into account how the person is actually like, you know, the way you are is the way you are and you can't change that sometimes, you know, and um, 
And I mean, of course, working in the team, you have to work really well in the team. But sometimes, you know, everybody works differently. And I really see that that's what you're trying to do with your team. And it's good. It's good. I have to say that if you're, if you're a big company, um, it's much harder to hire, for sure. Why? Because it's harder to hire because the, the, the skills you need. Sorry. It's hard to hire in terms of finding someone that fills your culture. Why? Because the company is so big that there are so many different opinions and different cultures within the company that it's hard to find the perfect, perfect, perfect fit. When you're very small, like us, it's very important who you hire because he has to fit one single culture, which is all of us. That's why you can adapt. Okay, it doesn't matter if there's 15 of us and we all work a bit differently because there's only 15. When there's 200 of you, how are you going to manage 200 people working remotely, working from different yeah, places? Yeah. So I understand that when you're a larger company... Um, uh, problems get larger and it's very complicated so I really admire larger companies that can keep their shit together it's very very complicated in our case uh, I'd say we, we take the example from from sports from team sports like when you're in a team there's the coach that says what has to go the, the direction blah blah but obviously each individual player knows their skills best so you, ha- you know you have to rely on someone and it's the fact that you rely on someone else uh, that really so if you rely on someone else, that someone else relies on you. So you don't have to be selfish. You have to realize, hey, if I don't reach my goal, it's not only against me, it's against someone else. So you have to let them know and be like, hey, you have to switch your goals. We have to change this or we have to do an extraordinary meeting or whatever to meet the common goals of everyone. So it's the team goes um, before your individual personality. Very interesting. Really like your view. Final question. Um I mean, we've been we've been cut by that that plonker that. <laughs> Final question: um, What would be your ultimate like advice for anybody wanting to start a, pro- a project? It's a very complex question. Everybody has different opinion. But what's your advice? Your most important advice you've been given, or most important advice you'd give to any young person that wants to start a business? My take on this question is more: uh, What would I advise myself two years ago? Like if I were to go back in time and tell, why do I say that? Because for each person, I think the advice is completely different. So in my case uh, and in my personal experience, what really helps me and what I would have told myself two years ago was um, be really sure that you want to make a living out of this. Like I, I think being an entrepreneur is like sports. Anyone can play any sport. Obviously, you can play football. I can play basketball. I can play football. I can play whatever sport. Like You can try it, but being good at it is very complicated. So anyone can try being an entrepreneur, but being an entrepreneur is not made for everyone. What do I mean by that? Any sport is, is easy to start, uh, but being a professional at a specific sport is very, very, very complicated. So you really have to love, wake up every day, work for 10 hours on that specific uh, sport day in day out day in day out being an entrepreneur is exactly the same you wake up every day and you dedicate your life to being an entrepreneur every day day in day out day in day out it's very tough so some people that I know want to become an entrepreneur because they see what it's like just like oh I want to be a football player being messy is not easy he works 10 hours a day 12 hours a day every single day so being a professional football player basketball player chess player uh, formula one driver whatever is very very complicated because it's very demanding. So being an entrepreneur is exactly the same. And not just like sports, any job. If you want to be the best accountant, the best finance uh, guy, the best marketing guy, you have to be the best. That's hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. So it's very, very, very complicated. The same thing for an entrepreneur. Just be willing to take the hours. Well, thank you very much. That was, <laughs> that was very, very interesting. Um, very good to have you today. Thank and you uh, 
we'll probably have to do that sometimes again soon or sooner or later when the company is the leading company <laughs> the day. leading company on the market one day one day thank you very much for having me guys ciao ciao see you later take care ciao